Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bijou Podcasts. It's a, it's a strange experience. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. No, I think no, that's no. the thing. Yeah, Kanye absolutely. is on the record as to saying... Oh, well, no, plenty. actually, sorry, that's a lie. Someone is on the record just saying Kanye likes it. Yeah, yeah there's plenty of guys that do. I mean, I've had <laughs> Have you mates. heard of Kanye? Kanye. 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 No, but I've, you know, I've had, I've had mates who've mentioned it and said that they Oh, it. really? Yeah, so yeah. So someone's put a finger up their bum. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Couple Goals Question Mark. Couple Goals Question Mark. Hello, everybody. Hello, I'm Stacey Jean. And I'm Ben Jenkins, <laughs> a.k.a. Bino Jenkola, a.k.a. Okay. Ben June. <laughs> no one needs to know your nicknames. Yeah, there's a lot of them. They're pretty new nicknames, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They've been new one's since m- you've come into my like into my world. People yeah. love a nickname in my life. Yeah, one's my real name, one's my Instagram name, and one is my... Home name. You're giving yourself a social plug already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, at Beno Jankola. Follow along. <laughs> uh, we'll put it in show notes. I think it may already no. be in show notes. I will, yeah. I will. Okay. Okay. Um, we last week spoke about really just an intro about who we are in our relationship. Mm. Just to mm. give a bit of a, a heads up on how we met and how we came together in, in a really quite a not well, short time, not long ago. Absolutely. A few little tidbits about how we were... Came together and uh, and what life has been like in those early years. Became an us. How we became a yeah, how yeah, we yeah. joined forces. I, I was listening <laughs> to joined forces. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I bumped your mic. I was listening to a podcast today by Jay Shetty, and he was talking about. It's a really solid podcast. I'll put it in the show notes. But it speaks about how you should be looking to be compatible with your partner as opposed to focusing just on the chemistry. Mm. And one thing he was saying was, in order for you to be compatible. Uh, he was saying that you need to have the same form of communication. And I was like, oh, my God, we're going to be – we're screwed. Yeah, yeah. We speak so differently. So different, yeah. So yeah. different. No, How, not okay. speak, we communicate differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, we, but we have different language as well. Mm, I'm mm, a bit more mm, – Different love languages. Conversational. No, no, mm. no, not lang- <laughs> love languages. Don't okay. confuse everyone. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'm a bit more conversational. In a, in a more serious conversation – you and I'm going to really open up and share here. You will correct even my grammar mm. when I'm trying to talk from the heart. Yeah, and I, there's nothing that I find more and oh, annoying isn't even the word. Mm. I feel like I'm trying to open up my heart and be vulnerable, and you're more worried about correcting my words. Mm. That's not, I've always done that. Something I've always done. I've always been a bit of a, gra- <laughs> bit of a grammar Nazi. <laughs> So your wife... I can't help it. I can't help it. I've pissed off many friends with it too. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's so fucking annoying. I was hoping you were going to flip it around and say something like, 
I need to do that to process or something. So there's going to be some form of justification as to why it's just so goddamn anal. I don't know what it is, yeah. So it's not any of that. <laughs> it's just something I do, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. It's a quirk, all right? Makes... It's a quirk. It's adorable. God. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so anyway, so he was saying that you you need to communicate. You need to have come from a similar communication place. And I was like, oh, my God, that we're fucked. Like, we're yeah. And then, then he clarified and said what he meant was that you don't have to actually communicate the same. You need to have the same, I guess... Intention. Intention and and I and requirement from your communication. Mm, so mm. for us, for example, we very much share that when we communicate we want to get to the bottom of something. Yeah. You know, I'm not really a let's talk about this tomorrow kind of gal. No. No, definitely not. Are you? Or did you change because you since being with me? I think I think that is the difference between us. You're definitely not I this can wait till tomorrow kind <laughs> of girl. It has to be resolved now. If something happens before we go to bed, it has to be resolved before we go to bed. Uh, but I'm the kind of person who likes to ponder, so I can definitely let things sit until the next day and work it out, except for an argument. I, I, I definitely agree that those yeah, things should be resolved. I, yeah, I think we kind of like to get to understand where mm. we were each coming from if it got heated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we did share a lot about our relationship last week, but we want this show very much uh, to be focused on our fertility journey. Absolutely, yeah. And the reason I think we find that or that we've been quite motivated was, and for so many different factors, we've found that there in our story there's a lot of layers and we'll mm. start tonight opening up um, the beginning of that picture for you. But there are so many layers and every layer we would look into, every aisle of our fertility journey, we would, fi- we would find little to no content around yeah. our experience yeah. um, because... A, it's very unique, and B, I just still think that it's a conversation that people have at the beginning of their fertility journey or the very fucking end. Yeah, yeah. And we couldn't find a lot of it being in the midst of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think but that's the thing, even even just with one episode of this and just us starting to talk about it and you it just appearing on your Instagram a little bit more uh, about... Um, Biju baby hashtag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hashtag baby. Um, sorry, I just corrected there. That was exactly what I just did. Jeez, yeah. Just caught myself out there. Oh well. Um, but since we've had a, <laughs> oh, well. we've had, some, yeah. <laughs> moving on. Um, but you know, a couple of you know, we have had some messages from people who have found themselves in a similar situation to us, which is which is um, interesting. Um, but that situation yeah, is someone actually's partner had mm. cancer too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only which ever I was about met... to get into. I was, that was my little. That was my little. Leader. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay, that's all right though. You don't have to apologise. It's all good. Carry on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) So painful. I'm so not used to ever speaking to anyone in this kind of environment. No, particularly not your husband. A rookie. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Rookie. (laughs) You just laugh away over there. Anyway, so that... that, that, uh, that story was that the the man in that relationship had had cancer, which is what I had. I think he might have uh, had prostate cancer as well, which is what I had when I was uh, 36. So um, just coming up on eight years ago now. And that's the resulting surgery after after that cancer is what has led us to where we are now. So having to undergo IUI, um, potentially IVF, to conceive and, and have a baby. Um, 
so yeah, so me deciding to have my prostate removed back then is 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 that reason. So there's there's several you know kind of treatment you can have, um, and that sort of changed with time, even in the seven or eight years since I had it. Um, but I was told by several doctors. I made sure I got several opinions, mm. um, and they all said the best chance of you of this chance, uh, best chance of this cancer never coming back for you is to have your prostate removed, which is what I did. At that point, though, there wasn't an option, if I'm correct, because I've brought this up a few times when mm. we've had really very dark moments. Yeah, where I think you have maybe second guessed your decision, yeah, and yeah. I've reminded you from my understanding you would may not be here if mm. you didn't do that mm. is that the, is that the actual case um i mean there's look there's 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 different ways you can go about it um there is a you know there's one approach that is it's called the watch and wait approach which is is probably a lot more relevant to older men who mm-hmm. are close to the end of their life basically mm. so you know you could you could be diagnosed with prostate cancer and sit there and watch it wait and it doesn't move shift or change for 15 years and when you say doesn't move so you want to take everyone through yep. and maybe just backtrack a little bit about mm-hmm. how you found yep the particular levels were at and all that stuff yeah so your mm. uh Prostate is made up of cells um, which are called PSA, so prostate-specific antigen. So those um, cells can be measured. You have a blood test and it will give you your level of PSA. And at the time, you know, at my age, it should have been sitting at around a 2.2 or something like that when it comes back. And just to go back uh, a little bit before that, um, I had had that test um, for completely different reasons. I'd not been well the year before for and something completely different and got to a point um, at the start of that year where I thought it'd be a good idea for me to go and have a regular health check, like a yearly health check, and that was the first one of those. And the doctor basically said, what do you want to do? And I was like... So it was like a routine check, like you've... Yeah, a GP. Yeah, and you were like, okay, I just want to do... Something freaked me out that that happened mm, mm. and you want to just make sure everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. And look, looking back on it now. Randomly, That, really. that was my intuition. That yeah, was my intuition right. saying, go and do this, you know. And only now when I, you know, from, you know, now that I'm here and what I've gone through and the things yeah. I've learned, do I really understand that, that that's what it was. But uh, so anyway, so yeah, I went and had that test and he didn't really know. Like he, he was asking me what I wanted to have. I'm like, you're the doctor. Um, really? You know, what, what, what would a regular health check uh, look like? Anyway, he kind of said, well, we can do this. You know, we can, we can, uh, you know, we can test this. We can do your blood pressure. We can do all these little bits and pieces. We can do some bloods. Uh, we can check for this, this and this, you know. All like your, what? Like be specific. All your hormones, your cholesterol, yeah, right. your, you know, vitamin D, all yeah, those okay. things you get when you yep. have a regular health check, you know? Yeah. Um, magnesium, zinc, all those things. Yeah. Um, and then he just said, look, and we can also test your PSA. You're way too young. PSA, you know, he explained to me what it was. It was, I kind of thought I'd, when, when he said it, I was like, oh, I've heard of that. I'm not sure, entirely sure what it is. Um, but I've, I've heard those letters one after the other before. Um, and then he said, yeah, well, it's a, the test to see if you have prostate cancer. It's your prostate-specific antigen we're testing. He's like, you're way too young. You're only 36. But look, while we're there, we might as well test it, yeah? And I went, okay, yeah. I had no reason to have any concern about testing it. So um, so we tested that. And then that's when the results came back. And he said, look, everything's fine, this, this, and this. He wasn't too worried. And then he said, look, your PSA is a little bit high. It's 4.4. 4. It should be around 2.2. 2. Mm-hmm. And just to give some... Um, framing around that you know in men who have very advanced prostate cancer that number can be in the hundreds you know or even more 
So it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't anything no. to be afraid of. No, and yeah. and and my GP actually never thought it. He didn't think it was cancer. He he thought you know there could be heaps of things. You you ride a bike. It could be that you're you could really? have you could have prostatitis. Your your prostate could be irritated. A lot of like cyclists. So if you ride that thing right up there, it could be. What well, it's could just affects that level. <laughs> oh it's not God. riding anything up right no, up there. That, it's just that seat gets really yeah busy. yeah. It's just it's just bouncing around and yeah. pressing on there. It's just yeah. You know, it's irritating. I it. have done a triathlon. Yeah, I I know from. That. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. Do you want to tell us about that? No, no. Okay. <laughs> how did that how did that affect your prostate? No, no. I'm just I'm saying like, I understand the, yeah, the, the the seats. Yeah, yeah. You were so annoying tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the thing about having a partner that's had cancer or has cancer is that sometimes even when they're annoying, you have this second guess in your head of when they're in the midst of telling this emotional big cancer story Mm. that you can't say they're annoying because the guy had cancer. No, you can say I'm annoying. Of course I've learnt that now. But (laughs) when we first got together, there'd be so many times where I'll just – it might not be anything to do with your cancer story, but in yeah. the moment or whatever, someone will be asking and yeah. you'd give me the shits or I don't know, there'd been something and it was really f- a weird thing to kind of have to, I don't know, check yourself because yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to be kind and and they're re- it really does as you would know better than anyone and even though I wasn't with you at the time, I feel like it really does put things into perspective pretty quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it even does later. Like when you're annoyed at something, you're like, can you say you're annoyed at that when he's talking about yeah, he yeah. has cancer? But, yeah, the answer is, yeah, I totally Well, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a sensitive subject now. You know, yeah, that's right. I, I'm, that's right. You know, I've got a yeah. sense of humour about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It would have been different at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So you've so gone you... for it. And what is that? What's the other test? Like is it a blood test? So it's a blood test, yeah. Right. So that's what it is. So that, that's what gives you your level. And so, like I was saying, it came back and it was 4.4. He just thought it was prostatitis or something like that. Um, No, but the test now, uh, when you knew it was 4.4, did you have another blood test after that? Yeah, so that was was it. That was like, okay, let's test again. Um, Came back, 4.4 again. Then he went, okay, okay, let's... um, So he... So he... Okay, so that the... Sorry to interrupt, but the bike... The bite could just be something that would have affected it, it temporarily. Inflame your right. prostate. So yeah. he okay, right, right. So maybe yeah. if it came back and then it was lower, yeah. it would have explained it. Okay, right. Yeah, like did an, you ride a bike anomaly. Yeah, I did back then. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> did he ask you whether you were yeah. right? Well, I did say it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah right. Um, so. Yeah, so then he said, okay, let's uh, let's treat it as if it's that, as if your prostate is irritated and, you know, we'll put you on a course of anti- antibiotics for four weeks. Um, so I did that, went on antibiotics for four weeks, went back, had another blood test. Sure enough, it was 4.4 again. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought, let's uh, give it another go, put me on another course of antibiotics and just to try it again. Um, and the same thing, it, it didn't come down. So this is two and a half months essentially yeah. after the yeah, original yeah, yeah. test. Yeah. And at this point, are you just going on with your day, like every yeah, other day? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he was he was pretty confident, you know, that it wasn't yeah. prostate well, cancer. So much so that he's put you on a second dose of a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. look, there was there was definitely, you know, it, it, it planted a seed in the back of my mind. Did like, it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's there, but he gave me no reason to worry. But... It's impossible not to sit there and think, okay, he's mentioned mm-hmm. the word cancer. So mm-hmm. it's the seed is planted. Mm. Um, but I was pretty much going about my day. Um, and then, um, but like I said, I, I'd been, I'd had an, it, something happen to me the year before, which was kind of a long drawn out thing, which I ended up in hospital for as well. So I was kind of used to this kind of experience. And I think I'd been a little bit like, oh, okay, let's, something else is going on 
kind of thing. So I think I was in a very similar uh, mindset or you had like a bit of bad. Well, you looked at it. Place. You were a bit yeah. of bad luck. You it wasn't having, a shock. You yeah. weren't having a good run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So anyway, so I just uh, just you know went along with that. Did the antibiotics again? Came back like I said, same number. And he said, look, I'd be remiss if I in doing my job if I didn't you know um, recommend you to a specialist. So that's when I went and saw a um, um, a urologist. Uh, and then he said similar things. So, you know, this couldn't be cancer. You're too young. Uh, it must be something else. And he, he put me on antibiotics for another month as well. So three months yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Can... He just thought, well, I've got to do it too. Because, you know, that's what doctors are like. They're like, I'm not going to take his word for it. I've got to do it myself and say these things myself. Mm. Again, Don't get me started on that. Yeah, yeah. Again, didn't go down. Uh, so stayed four, the same. Four stayed at 4.4. 4. 4. Yeah, yeah, maybe right. gone down like a 0.1 to 4.1 or whatever. But uh, then he just went, look, I'd be remiss in doing my job if we didn't do a biopsy. But again, he said, I'm 99% sure this isn't cancer. Okay. So um, sure enough, I went and did a biopsy, um, went to the hospital uh, and did that. You know, you're going in the morning, coming out in the afternoon. It's a pretty uncomfortable experience. Uh, what you, is that? You're going under. Well, basically they stick a... Uh, um, a needle in there? No, they stick a like a, a machine in your bum. Like what? you're out. I yeah. didn't know this. Well, it's the easiest way to get to your prostate. You know, like, it's, let's go back before that as well. Like, the the normal way that men have their prostate checked by a urologist is the doctor sticks his finger up in your bum so he can feel your prostate. It's the best way really? to feel your prostate. Yeah. Didn't know about that. Well, I mean, every, every man will know do that. You like it up, <laughs> do you like a finger up the bum like uh, some girls? <laughs> No, no. Well, I, no, I, I find it's kind of ticklish. It's, it's a strange experience. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. I no, think no, that's no. the thing. Yeah, Kanye absolutely. is on the record as to saying, oh, well, no, actually, of... sorry, that's a lie. Someone is on the record just saying Kanye likes it. Yeah, yeah. there's plenty of guys that do. I mean, I've had <laughs> Have you mates... heard of Kanye? Kanye. 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 No, but I've, you know, I've, had, I've had mates who've mentioned it and said that they Oh, really? Yeah, so yeah. So someone's put a finger up their bum. Yeah, 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 right. Anyway, this feels like we're going into a, into a different territory here. Uncharted waters. We've gone into plenty of different territories. You're Uncharted just waters. saying that now because we're talking about sex. No, that's okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, he he did that test on me and he felt my prostate and just went, okay, it doesn't it feels normal to me? So sorry, he put the camera up the. No, no, sorry, this is uh, going back. He, I did have that. He oh, did stick his finger in my bum right. and do the, do the prostate really? check. There. Yeah, the it's the normal so way. Full on. Yeah, okay. that was before we did the. Um, uh, the the biopsy, okay. so you, you you're out to it. You're you're unconscious when you do the right, biopsy, right? And it's basically it's a machine that goes in there and then they pierce like like ten needles through the wall of your of your um whatever it is your your not your anus in there. They stick it in there and then they stick the needles through and that gets the easiest way. It's the only way to get through to your prostate to get some cells. There must be some form of something there, like through the anus area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So um. So the needles go through and then they go into the prostate and then they extract cells and they take them out and then they test them. Uh, and then, you know, I went home. can't remember how long it was that passed. It was probably only about three or four days. And then I had an appointment on the Monday to go and see my doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I had a pretty full-on weekend, actually. I'd been out partying all weekend. So I got to the month and I think I was probably, now that I look back on it, I was probably just trying to distract myself. Yeah. Um, and then I got to the Monday morning and um, besides having a bit of Monday-itis because I was back at, back at work after a huge weekend. 
I was, you know, found myself in the doctor's office and it was only then when, once I got Did to Did you the, already have the appointment? Yeah, yeah. It was only yeah. then once I got to the doctor in the morning that I was getting a bit nervous. Yeah, and you'd probably be coming down, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, it was, yeah, sitting in the doctor's surgery where it really started to hit me. Then they called my name, went in there and um, went and saw the doctor and then he sat down and he goes, look, I've got your test results. Um, you know, I was pretty certain you, it, there was no cancer there, but I have to tell you that you've got cancer. And then after that moment, it is true what they say. You don't hear another word the doctor says. Um, he's just telling you all the things that you've got, the, uh, your options. You had a girlfriend at the time. Was she with you? I was on my own. You were on your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, so weird, isn't it, thinking about And I don't want to go into that too much, but you would never be on your own in this relationship. Like, it's just an interesting insight as to how different people are in different relationships and how I don't know and things evolve like I think especially if you think you've just left an an epic relationship and you're never going to find anything like it I guarantee you're probably going to find something I'm not going to say better that I think I'm better than someone else but I am going to say better suited to you and better suited to what your needs are because I don't I wouldn't think it's I wouldn't think I'm alone in saying that those kinds of appointments I have an expectation for Mm. you to be there Mm. And I would, I mean, assume or would hope that at this point in the way we've sculpted our relationships, you would have that expectation of me. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. Think, look, I think, yeah, we would definitely, yeah, we would definitely be by each other's sides for all these yeah, situations. Yeah, so that's just so full on for me to yeah. hear again that you had to hear that on your own. Yeah. So then you had the surgery, as you mentioned. Mm. Um, you had all these different choices. Yeah. When was the conversation around... children when Mm. when how early or late did that come up that this was now going to affect future babies hearing about you know what's what's going what it's going to entail comes you know pretty much in that surgery that was the stuff you don't hear when you the doctors after he's told you you have cancer and he's putting a brochure in front of you and then going you need to think about this this and this this will happen uh and it all happens in five ten minutes right and so you didn't hear any of it no, really no, right and you, you get, so you believe that somewhere in there he was telling you this is going to affect how you have kids yeah he probably he, i don't think he probably said it in those words but uh-huh. he just you know pointed to some things in a brochure and went you know you need to read over this because this is how it's going to affect you from now on if you have these surgeries there's obviously different options in here you can have a look at them and see what the effects of those are and I've looked at some of the pamphlets because you know I've done a bit of research around this and it's interesting the ones that I have seen are very much built for men that are much older so the child the children part is a real not a major factor on some of those pamphlets like it's very much about you might not be able to um, ejaculate or, mm. you know, those kinds mm. of things. But oh, it's it, more about erections. I think it's not even yeah, ejaculation. Yeah, it doesn't really say much about the sperm or what happens yeah. and yeah. what that has to do with future families. No. So so you go in and, and, like I said, you make those decisions. So what's the conversation around that? What's your headspace? How is it working in terms of any thought around fertility or is it just more I need to get this cancer out? That was it for me. Mm. I just wanted the cancer out of my mm. body. You know, kids had, you know, it, it was a, like an entry thought at the time, but there was definitely no solid thinking around having kids at that age. So then I was willing to accept whatever side effects came with that. The, the second, the, the main thing I was thinking about at the time was erections. You know, I want to make sure I can still have an erection because again, that's, that's what the material that you're given is all about. Are you going to be able to, 
you know, not not piss your pants all the time and be able to, you know, maintain your continence? And are you going to be able to have an erection? And they're the two things that are in those documents. And so they're the two things that are thrust into your mind. Then the, you know, the next thing is that you're not going to be able to have kids the natural way. But it's never framed as in you're not going to be able to have kids. And is it, and so when did you think about freezing your sperm? That's the other thing they say when, when you come back and you go and see the doctor again and it's like, well, you, do you want to freeze your sperm? You know, it was like, okay, we'll so go So it was in, just another two, bo- two box visits. to tick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I think that's like, it's confronting for me to hear how little you thought about it. Obviously, mm. you're faced with cancer and I wasn't there and you're mm. fine now. And mm. and you did come out and they got it and there's and that, that treatment was the treatment to allow you to not have it spread and to and for it to be pretty um contained you know yeah. where it's out bang smack and that's a, there's a reason that you did that but it it's interesting on the other flip side of it where you hear that and you and and it's 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 only confronting because of how big of a reality it's become for us yeah it is now. so then when you compare obviously you're come up coming up with cancer in your life and as i said earlier i know that there's no comparison you needed to make that decision if you didn't have this experience i don't even know if i would have been with you pre-cancer yeah, the kind yeah, of yeah. ben you were you went through such a spiritual awakening and such a different shift in your life after your cancer that yeah. i really believe that you know, we, we, we are together because of that. So yeah. there's nothing to say that I don't understand the, the seriousness of it. But now that we're so in trying for a baby, now we're like a year and a half in. Now I have felt so many times that it is so much my journey and I'm so at times very alone in it. And that's mm. from a physical perspective, not emotional. But I'm at the appointments, I'm at this, and it's and it's all because of something that happened to you yeah. that I wasn't there for. And then you've just told me a story that you didn't really think about. You know, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. it's all so fucking, it's so layered, yeah, you know. Yeah. And that, look, that guilt is is ever present in me Oh, it's now. prevalent, babe. Like as soon as you started talking about it, you can, yeah. you can see you're trying to gear yourself up. Mm, mm. And that's what I said when we've had really dark times or really big conversations there's not a question. Like yeah, it's not a guilt yeah. thing. It's a it's a life. It's a like, yeah. There's just not. There's when you're faced with no option, you're mm. faced with no option. You mm. can't put guilt to that. Oh uh, yeah, I know. It, it, but it still it still definitely creeps up there. Mm. It's like I know that I made the decision that was right for me at the time. Like I couldn't have the foresight that you know of what my life was going to be like in eight years' time Mm-mm-mm. and having this struggle to have kids. Um, so I just had to make the right decision that was in front of me at the time. Mm. But it still doesn't mean that, you know, when we're in the hospital and, you know, I'm lying next to you and we're waiting to find out if we're pregnant or not or, you know, we're waiting to have an insemination or we're waiting to just have a test, um, that that's, 
you know, it doesn't creep up there, mm. you know, and you sit there and you go, you know, fuck, why can't, why can't we just be trying to have kids like everyone else? Yeah. And we've had, we've I had a come few. come to terms with it, if, uh, like to, to a great degree, but there will definitely still be times where it, you know, it comes knocking and, and comes out to the surface. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it's a, such a different process for me because I, it, because it's, you're so distant from it and it, like I was saying earlier about the cancer joke and how when do you, do you still bag people like in the midst mm, of that conversation yeah. and so there there's been so many times where I've I've been scared to feel anything because of what you went through mm. you know it's almost like I don't have any right to feel this when you went through something so much more mm. just devastating and and hard and you know and we're not even going to go into the the details of the fact that you had to train yourself to get hard again mm. and and go through that whole process which just to you want to just share with everybody how that works now because I think people are like do you have sex like what's the deal yeah, like yeah, how yeah. is that and I think it's important it comes from you yeah 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 well we do we do have sex mm-hmm. um uh just to just to give a bit of background as to what happens um basically the nerves that control your erection and your sexual function are wrapped around your prostate for, mm-hmm. for a man so when you have your prostate removed these days, they're very, uh, you know, technology is, is incredibly advanced and they have robots that perform these surgeries, you mm. know, um, so their precision is, you know, high. Um, but basically they do what's called nerve sparing surgery uh, and most men will have, will just have normal erectile function um, after, after a nerve sparing surgery. I had to have some of my nerves removed because the cancer was so close to the edge of my prostate. Um, Which so was devastating for you when you came out of surgery. It was devastating when I came out of surgery. Yeah, that was the one major concern, honestly. Yeah. That, that, that was it. Like I was saying before, Erections. I wasn't really thinking about yeah. kids at the time. I was, wanted to make sure I'd still have an erection. So I was pretty angry when I came out and he told me that he'd had to remove some of my nerves. Obviously, you're in a six-hour, five, six-hour surgery. Um, he's got to make the decision at that time. So, you know, you have to very quickly come to terms with that. It took me a while, but I did come to terms with it. Um, After the surgery, uh, I didn't have any sexual function. Mm. Um, And the other thing is continence as well. So you have a catheter, but your urethra runs through your prostate, so they have to remove a section of that and then stretch it and then tie it back together. Mm. Um, So you have a catheter. After the surgery, so when you wake up, you have a catheter. And you have to wear that catheter for two weeks at home after the surgery, and mm. you have a bag strapped uh, strap to your leg. So you're wearing adult diapers, and you're not getting erections. So it's very, um, very emasculating experience that, and that was yeah. probably one of the darkest times. I've said that before. Um, of and your, then of your life, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. And one of the darker times through that cancer journey, but definitely one of the darkest times of my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're incapacitated. You can't do anything. You need help as well. Like you can't really walk around. And it's so interesting as well because I think there would have been so little thought process around what that experience was like for someone of your age. Mm, so it's, yeah. it's just so many things that make that yeah very difficult. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, on the plus side, I was young and I did yeah. kind of bounce back pretty quickly yeah. after that surgery. But yeah. my erections didn't bounce back very quickly. Um, so... There's different things they give you. Obviously, they give you tablets. You've got Viagra and Cialis that they give you when you come out of the hospital. They're here, like, take these. This will be therapy. You know, get your erections back going. And they just did nothing. Um, and then there's a, a another um, drug called Cavaject, which is like a needle, and you inject that into your penis to try and give you an erection. 
Um, after a little while, I tried did that. I did that a few times. Mm-hmm. Did get an erection, but mm-hmm. it was incredibly painful. So I kind of just gave up. I just um, just stopped, you know, trying for a little while and hoped it would come back naturally. And it probably took about a year. Mm-hmm. And then I tried tablets again, and the tablets kind of brought it back. And then it steadily after that, my erections came back. So I... And then it built over time, like almost kind of muscle memory. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I remember hearing a story of someone saying that, you know, they would, uh, some guy who had no feeling in his legs, um, he'd had like a spinal injury or something, and he would drag himself across like um, uh, stones so he could kind of tell his body, you know, these these legs have feeling, you know, yeah. and got himself back, you know, walking. And- it's so easy to emotionally black out too. I think mm. when you have trauma in any area, I know um, as someone who's been also sexually abused, in, yeah. you know, to some degree there's parts of your body that block, like block energy because it's traumatic and you don't want to feel anything there because yeah. something happened to you. So it's the same deal. And so yeah. maybe it was also a year of emotional healing yeah. where, you know, your body yeah, was kind of yeah, like, yeah. okay, I'm going to also clear out some of these blockages because it's been mm. incredibly damaging yeah, to I my... Yeah, I didn't think about it like that. But yeah, my that, heart. That, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Mm. Um, anyways, yeah, so they did come back and, yeah, we have sex now. It's back to, um, back to normal. So yeah, to speak. The only thing no- is Well, pretty normal. It's not yeah. it's not perfect. Like and I think that's important for everyone. It takes you know, I think what happens is and you you know, I don't know if this is okay to say, but all normal guys will have different types of experiences, as will women, but mm. guys in particular will have different experiences depending on where their head's at. You know, yeah. whether you've had a good day, a bad day, you're stressed, you're drunk, you're fucked yeah, up your head, yeah, yeah, yeah. all those kinds of things. And I think in your scenario and in our scenario, it can be a little bit what probably more extreme in those scenarios. Mm. So if you're super stressed or super drunk or those exactly. kinds of things, yeah, it can be a bit sensitive. It's a bit harder to come back. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. like so it's it's normal. And there are times, you know, where there's different ways that we kind of there's been plenty of ways to skin a cat, let's just say that much. <laughs> yeah, but enough. yeah, but I think that it it isn't it's certainly not perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've had to work really hard. Well, it's very different, yeah. Yeah, we've had to work really hard to um to continue to try and break a lot of I guess the fears and the new way of having sex. I, mm. I mean, I'm the first relationship that you've been really quite sexually active with since uh, this all happened. So yeah. we've had to work through that together at times, which has been, yeah. it's been so hard, you well, know. Very hard because yeah. you have two, two people in two very different circumstances I, with very different needs. So. I think for us as well, for the first year and, and a bit of our relationship, we didn't really come across any of those challenges. Mm. We were just so yeah. in love and it was in the honeymoon phase and it was all very exciting. And so yeah. for me, I kind of met you and thought, well, there's no there's no side effects to <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, like, yeah, God, yeah. okay, yeah, sure, we're going to have to have fertility treatment. But in this department, it's all fine. Mm. And then they started to appear the more stressful our life got. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was tricky at times. But I think... I guess it, to, sorry, sorry to interrupt. We need to explain one thing as to why we actually have to have fertility treatment. That that added thing is that uh, even though I do get erections, I don't ejaculate. Ejaculate, yeah. So we cannot. I cannot inseminate you. So um, that is why we have to do IUI, which is like the artificial insemination. Which um, is what we've now done. Um, 
Yeah, four times, three times. Three times. Three times, yeah. planning for the fourth, yeah. uh, which we'll get into next week of, mm. of what IUI is, um, why we've well, – obviously, you can see why we've chosen it. We don't necessarily yeah. need to jump straight to IVF. Yeah. Um, when we, I was tested a year ago of where my body was and where my egg count was and all those kinds of things, everything was in pretty tip-top shape <laughs> to, to the point where we fell pregnant on the first insemination. Mm. So, um, but yeah, the, the journey never ends there. It's never as yeah. simple as you think. Um, but IUI for us has been, you know, was definitely, I guess, the option of choice because it doesn't have the hormones, doesn't have all the extra and we could keep it as natural as possible because mm. we had a person that was quite, um, you know, healthy and yeah. and then we also had good sperm. It yeah. wasn't really – it was just about getting it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, look, it sounds like something really simple and when we first got together, I really did see it very simply like that. Mm. I was like, you, I want you to be the father of my kids. You shared your story with me before we'd even slept together. It was all very mm. clear from the beginning. Yeah. And – and I wasn't going to get that in the way of my love story, you know. Mm. And it, But it was a part of my love story. You are who you are because of where you've come from. Yeah. And I was just glad that, um, I don't know, I was just glad that you had lived life and you were shaped to be the way you were for exactly as you were. I mm. did, there was nothing about you that I thought, oh, God, never once. I never, ever did. I've never been sure of anything in my fucking life mm. than that that you are the father of my kids. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought, well, that's just got to be a, a project we'll figure out. Like, yeah, yeah. But then as it's the reality started to kick in, I used to masturbate over conceiving. I, I mean, I've said that on other shows that I've worked yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. It, it's such a magical kind of thought process for me. Mm. And so I had to really grieve that. And I yeah. still had a trigger the other night um, because, it, you know, when you do IVF or when you do IUI, there's still a chance for a lot of couples to maybe do the whole bloody go away, have sex, take mm. the stress off and fall pregnant. Mm. And we have, uh, you know, looking at our map, our map, our calendar the next kind of few months and thinking about if we're ready to try again or what we're going to be doing, mm-hmm. I ovulate uh, right smack bang on two two weekends of the next few months, uh, the next two months with things where we're out of the state. Mm-hmm. And if you do IUI or IVF, you'll understand that you can't be away from your hospital. There's no way for you to get insaminated mm. and not to mention all the drugs and the tracking and everything that goes on around that, which, again, we'll get into. But yeah. but it was just such a devastating thing for me. And even though you come to terms with it, there's just little things like, you know, there's a wedding in particular that we're going to in a couple months' time. And I just, I, I, and I, I don't know, my brain just got away for a second and was like, thinking about the story that other couples may say because it's on this hippie thing, you know, hippie kind of uh, paddock in the middle of fucking nowhere. We're staying in some big yeah. tent. Um, we've Everyone's got tents around the big kind of marquee circus tent type yeah. thing where the wedding is. And I thought to myself, oh, someone could be falling pregnant in one of those tents and then mm. tell their kids years later, oh, you know, we got, we got pregnant in the tent at Lizzie's yeah. wedding and blah, 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 in the TP. Yeah, and I just burst into tears. I was like, that can never be our fucking no, story, yeah, you know? Yeah. And not only that, we don't get to try now because we yeah. go to the wedding. And it's just so many factors. So mm. no matter where you turn, you get you kind of seem to really get to get to grips with the whole thing. And then there'll just be something like that that will remind mm. you so starkly that you are different and mm. it just is so 
definite fast. Yeah, that's what, that story I was saying the other day. It's like, you know, Posh and Bex, you know, conceive in Brooklyn. They have their, call their child Brooklyn, you know, Kanye and Kim. And we're going to call our house, our, North, our, our, our Ramwick. Yeah, our, yeah. No. The Ramwick hospital. And this is our daughter, uh, Women's Hospital. Uh <laughs> <laughs> This is our daughter, uh, Marjorie. Yeah, yeah. Because it's after the, the nurse. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no I, get, real, I get it. No, no real names are used on this podcast. No, no. Um, yeah. I get it. It is. Yeah, it's hard. And and that's definitely been – I just couldn't believe how much I had to grieve. Mm. And, again, like I was saying earlier, when you're with someone that's had cancer, there's so many other layers of allowing yourself just to feel naturally. Yeah, you, yeah. you go through guilt yourself for feeling something and then you feel yeah. shame because you feel selfish and then you mm. feel like you can't tell anyone and then you finally tell someone and then you have to go through the grief process from mm. there after mm. going through all these processes of stopping yourself feeling at the mm. start. Like, mm. it's hectic. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said to you, I like, you know, I've, I've really come to terms with this is who I am. Um, and I don't... This is me. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you love that movie. Oh, um, but no, like I honestly, like I was just sitting here thinking then when you were talking, I was just, um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think about myself who I was before I had cancer. I really do feel like I, I've had cancer for a reason. And the things it's taught me and the life it's brought me and it's brought me you um, are all things like the great things that were meant to happen to me on this path, you know. And mm. I'm not trying to take away from any of the hard stuff, but uh, so much good has come from it. So, mm. um, you know, I, I take that good and then I need to work with it every day to make sure that I'm on top of it. But I do feel very comfortable in who I am now. So, I think that's hard for me too because you have had so much time to get I know, there. That's why I mentioned it, yeah, because I know it's been – it's been eight years that I've, you know, lived with this yeah. and, the, and it's been a constant and it's been over that eight years, it's been an eight-year growth process mm. getting to here. You know, I'm, sometimes I sit here and go, wow, what, what's this, what am I going to be like in another eight years? It'll yeah, be incredible cool. because it is a very ever-present story. But you've only had the, the two years, you know. And so, I don't want to compare that I think I'm going through even anything remotely that you've gone through. No, but it's still a process. Yeah, it is a process and it's a process where I am very affected and it's – it's a process that I also need to go through to support you appropriately too because mm. there's still trauma. There's still stuff you're working through and I think Absolutely. that surprised you over the past few Absolutely, months. Absolutely, yeah. You know, what this process of trying for a baby has brought up for you. Mm. Like it reminds you every single day mm. of a decision, of an, of an event that happened, of, mm. you know. like It's maybe a bit angry at times. Yeah. Because you know? like you said, I really did think I was, you know, that I had this shit under control, you know. And yeah. Not under control, you know what I mean. I, like I'd... Like I'd process this shit you know and um i'd taken from it what i needed and 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 you know made it a part of who i am Mm. and and being proud of who i am but then there's definitely been some times during this period uh, during this uh journey of trying to have a baby where i've just been this is fucked yeah and it it does and it it, but i think it's fucked for anyone that's Mm. doing fertility treatment if you're listening and you're you know relating to some of this to none of this but one thing that you do relate to is that I think you do think you get on top of a feeling when Mm. it comes to this path and then something will just smack you in the face and you actually turn around to look to see if there's someone that's thrown a ball at the back of your head because you feel like 
you just there's just like you're so surprised that there's still another blow. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just crazy because mm. there's nothing in your life that I feel like you want so much that can disappoint you so much in mm. in in the in the space of just kind of I don't know. It's a it's such a unique experience, mm. but I think that's one thing that I'm sure everyone can relate to. Mm. Um, but I think I think we'll wrap it up there and yeah. and. I think the next stage for us to talk about is the IUI process and a yeah. little bit more about how we go about that, um, how we decided to do that and how what we're looking at doing next. Yeah. Um, and what our journey's been like yeah. in IUI process. So yeah. It's been um, a roller coaster in itself. It has. It has. And we've gone from public to private, from private to public as well. So mm. we've got all these different thought processes and, and experiences around that yeah. um, and and also looking at, the, down the barrel of the lens into IVF mm. um, and also having a successful pregnancy and then a miscarriage. So there's lots to come. Um, we yeah. want to share it all with you yeah. because we have, like we've said at the beginning of the show, felt incredibly isolated and mm. we have such incredible friends and family around us. But yeah. Yeah. there's just something different about someone saying, yeah, and then when do you, when you got the bloods the second time? You know, someone that's really getting, mm. particularly for me anyway, that yeah. really understands the reality, because yeah. I think so many of my mates don't even really know that. I mean, obviously my closest friends, but people don't really understand what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so maybe you haven't, you're not in this space, but you're interested to learn. And so yeah. we, we will share that for you as well. Yeah, and it's definitely, it's dealt up different experiences for both you and I. Yeah. So, you know, coming together and finding a place to meet in the middle um, is, you know, the kind of, is what we want to, you know, show or tell other people, you know, yeah. the both sides of the story and then how we've kind of come together. Yeah, and I think particularly with some of our stories, a lot of couples have said it's brought us closer together with mm. her. But initially on a few of the harder parts... It does it, pull you apart. It There's didn't no bring us. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah. so early in our relationship. So, you know, we've got a bit of a different side mm. to that as well, which which we'll share very soon. Yeah. Um, we we do this show for you and we yeah. do this show for anybody that this is going to help. So yeah. if there is anybody that you think um, may benefit from hearing these stories and mm. our story, um, please, please do share. Yeah. yeah. I think at the end of the day, word of mouth is really important for this mm. stuff. Um, if you're in a forum or if you're talking to other you know, other groups of mothers or there's particular men that, you know, you think have also had male infertility, mm. even though that's not specifically Ben's case, but it is quite similar. Yeah. Um, share the podcast in the groups, like give other people resources mm. to be able to hear two people in the midst of it. Because I say that not just to get our podcast out there and, and you know, stroke our ego. I say mm. that because I fucking wish so desperately that we yeah. had more of these kinds of stories in front of me. So if you've got yeah. suggestions as well, um, I'll put some. I'll post this up on our Instagram and mm. and ask for suggestions on other content or other things that you've watched, so I can consume those because you might have some ideas. But yeah, um, absolutely. a rating and a review always helps us get that out as well. But yes, like please. we said, our main focus is really um, is just finding this 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 story and and this show to find the right people. Absolutely, it's for you guys. Hmm. Okay, till next week. Until next week. Farewell, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye now. Goodbye. So long. Goodbye, bye-bye. See you soon. Okay, I have to go to the toilet. Bijou Podcasts. The home of Taboo Conversations.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.